This is a uh, key verse and uh, what you might could call a memory verse for this week's lesson. We are starting a new series of lessons, the title of which is What's on Your Mind, written uh, by Brother uh, Gotch or Getch. Uh, he actually uh, was in Bible college with my father many, many years ago. Uh, they were in Bible college together one year and the college that they were in closed down, and they had to go somewhere else and find another place to go. Uh, I don't remember all the details, but I was shocked some years ago to find out that Dad and he were in Bible college together. Uh, but uh, anyways, he's written and put these thoughts together. We're going to walk through this series of lessons on what's on your mind as we have just concluded and finished up uh, the thoughts on putting your life in order, the idea of just being systematic and thinking about having victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, I really felt like it would be prudent for us to dive into this course of study because really the battle is won or lost in the mind. And uh, if we're going to put our life in order, it's going to first be that we put our thought processes in order, that we have our mind directed correctly. And so here's a series of lessons that we're going to tackle to think about what's on your mind. So if you're an Isaiah there, I would encourage you maybe this week to ponder these verses and if possible, commit them to memory as part of this week's lessons as we move forward. We'll try and give you some key text to memorize over the next few weeks, but Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, if you have it in your Bible, would you read those verses with me? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Dealing with the mind. We're going to look at a lot of different passages of Scripture, and although in your... Uh, how many of you have a, a, a book with the notes, for the notes? Um, they're available um, if, you would, if you need one. Uh, could I get... Uh, Brother um, Mark, would you... Anybody else? Does anybody need a book? Brother Mark can grab them if there's, there's several books back there in the back. Um, and so um, I won't tell you who, but somebody in Sunday school said they were looking forward to the end of the last course of study. They really enjoyed the study, but they were not enjoying carrying around that three-ring binder. <laughs> and I understand. I understand. And so we changed the format, and we have produced the 13 lessons in a uh, basically a half-sheet format that would fit right with your Bible, uh, much smaller and easier to carry around. And we've also given you all 13 lessons. They're available. You'll take them home with you today. So you will have to remember to bring it back because next week's lesson's already given to you. And uh, we don't want you to keep getting a new book every week. All 13 lessons are there, and you're going to want to keep those notes. So if you need one, Mark's working his way around. He's given out those uh, those books. So that'll be uh, for you to be able to follow along with. Now, what I was saying is that the Word of God uh, is written out. Uh, some of the text are in the book there. Um, but I would encourage you to use the Scriptures, use the Bible, um, and uh, be familiar with that. We, we are looking here, first of all, in this lesson one is on the created mind, just, just studying and knowing the idea that our mind is created by God. Uh, in Acts chapter 17, verses 24 through 28, he says, 
God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation." that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also as your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. We know that God made the world and all the things that are therein. We're discussing this idea of the created mind this morning. We ask a child sometimes when he commits something, uh, some just ridiculous blunder. We look at him and we say, what were you thinking? And the child's response usually is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I wasn't thinking. Um, why would we ask him that? Why would we say, what were you thinking? Because the fact of the matter is, is a action is preceded by a thought. A, a, a plan was set forth. A process of what you do, what you think in your mind is what you're going to do. I have here a set of blueprints. This is actually uh, the original blueprint drawings for this structure that we're in right here. Um, so... This is from way back when. Before this building was ever created, somebody had to think about it. Somebody had to lay out a plan. Well, the mind is a blueprint for our actions. The mind is the place that what we were going to do gets laid out. The plan gets developed. And I know sometimes we do a little bit less thinking than we should, and our actions are not as planned out as they should be. But the fact is, is that it is, comes from our mind. You think you're in control of your actions? Well, uh, they say, I did a lot of studying on the, on the mind this week and uh, learned a lot of amazing things. But they say that 95% of your decisions take place in your subconscious. 95% of the decisions that you make in a day. Now, your subconscious is trained, is planned, it is built or conditioned off of what you've put in there. It's not that you've engaged your mind and you've consciously thought through and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But your action that you say, well, I did that without thought was made in your subconscious, but your subconscious was trained or the way that you think was trained over a lifetime of what you've put in to your mind. So we want to think about this fact this morning that we have indeed a created mind created by God. The title of this lesson is what is on your mind. What is on your mind? That's because what you think about determines what you're going to do. Proverbs 23, verse number 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The fact of the matter is, is what we ponder, what we think about, is going to result in actions. You might not like, you might not like who you are as a person. It'll change what you think about. You might be bitter over some past offense or struggling over some past problem. We'll stop dwelling on it. 
You might not be able to get victory in your life over a sin. We'll stop planning and preparing for it. The fact of the matter, beloved, is that our behavior will change when our thinking changes. Let me ask you this. If every thought that you had this last week was manifested into an action, what kind of person would you be? How many people would have you killed this last week? (laughs) If every thought was manifested into an action, what kind of a person would you be? Here's what we're saying is we need to control these things. We need to control the thought. You say, well, I would never actually do that. The fact of the matter is, is if you don't change what you think about, you will do that. You say, oh, I would never do that. But you began to ponder it. You begin to think about it. You begin to plan. You begin to prepare. Ultimately, what you thought about becomes an action. And you say, I don't know how in the world. I would have never thought that was possible. There, there's been, I can tell you right now, the prisons are full of people that say that. I never thought I would do that. I mean, how, how did that happen? Because they didn't stop it when it was just a thought. They didn't stop it when it was just in their mind. Beloved, it's just a matter of time if you don't change what you're thinking about that you will do what it is you're pondering. Your desire will become your destiny if you don't change it. Your meditations will become your manner one day. That can be good news and that can be bad news. Your meditations will become your manner one day. But for the grace of God or by the grace of God. You see, what we're meditating on will become our manner. It will become our actions. But for the grace of God, he saves us from some foolish thoughts that we've had. Or quite possibly, if we are, pursuing Christ and meditating on the things of God, then by or through the grace of God, those things will become our manner. And that's what we want to get to as we're thinking about this, what's on your mind? A mind here, beloved, that is created by God. You and I would never turn a kid loose with a supercar. I mean, you know, he's got this million-dollar Bugatti. Oh, sure, you just had your license a couple weeks. You watch those fails on YouTube. You know, those idiots that get in those supercars and they hit the gas and don't know how to control that much power. And they careen out. of I mean, the first time in the car and they careen out of control and ram into something. It's a million dollar car, you know, dro- drove it off into a lake or something. Just foolishness. You would never think to do that. Well, beloved, we have amazing power in our mind. And something's going to be in the driver's seat. Is it your flesh? Or is it your father? Who's in the driver's seat? What is on your mind? So first of all, this morning, our minds are designed creations. Our minds are designed creations. Our minds were created by the father. Now, there is not a lot. I would encourage you to... 
these particular notes that you have here don't have a lot of the uh, secondary material. A lot of things that I've studied and going to be giving you, you're just going to have to make notes in the margins. Uh, There's not a whole lot of extra room there, Um, but hopefully you can get some of these things down. We know that our mind is created by the Father. He is the architect, the creator of all things. In John Chapter 1 and verse number 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Beloved, you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made by the great creator. Uh, A scientist by the name of Gish said that the human brain is the most complex arrangement of matter in the universe. The human brain. Consider with me the capacity of the human brain. According to crucial memory... Crucial memory is a manufacturer that builds and makes computer memory. It's not cru- it's the name of the company, for those of you that aren't techies. Okay? They said this, the human brain has the capacity to store around one petabyte of information. Now, a petabyte is a thousand terabytes. A terabyte is a million megabytes or that's a million megabytes, and it takes a 250-page book to equal one megabyte. 250-page book, single-spaced, without graphics and all that, because you throw one picture in there and you're into 10 megabytes already. Uh, But just text, just type text, it's about 250 pages, single-spaced, one megabyte. The, The mind, the capacity is amazing. You say, wow, that's all in there? I wish I could recall it. <laughs> I know the memory recall is the problem. That's right. That's what I'm saying. When I'm reading that, I'm like, man, they're saying I'm remembering all this stuff. Well, how come I can't recall it? It's all in there. I don't know. I studied a whole lot of things that I can't remember. Uh, so I don't know how that works, but you know, that's the difference between us and computers. I mean, pretty much you stick something in a computer, uh, outside of some catastrophe, you know, some major crash, uh, the computer's going to remember it. It's there. That data, that information is written down. It's there forever. Unlike our minds, we, we sometimes forget or are unable to recall the things that are there. But the amazing thing about the mind is that its ability to attach value to one piece of information over another. You see, a computer cannot attach value. You enter information, and it, it values the information of 2 plus 2 the same as the information to, uh, you know, make a quantum theory work. I mean, it, it's the same information. To them, it's just, you know, numbers. It, 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 there's no value there. For you, you have value that you can place upon the different information that you have. And the amazing thing is the brain does this at one-tenth the power of any, base, even the most basic of computers. Your brain is the highest consumption of power that you have in your body. Um, about 20% of all the energy that your body uses is consumed with, by just your brain. That's why after a, a test... <laughs> you can really literally be physically tired. You think, man, how in the world am I tired? How am I wore out? All I did was sit and study or, or write answers because you've consumed an more, enormous amount of power through your brain. The energy is used up. Can I tell you this morning that the self-made man does not exist? 
The Bible is very clear on that. Write down these couple of references here. John 3.27 tells us that you, you and I don't have anything except God gave it to us. A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Write down 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? See, man can boast of his knowledge or his skill or his ability in one field or another. But ultimately, if, if they were honest with us and with God, they would acknowledge the fact that that skill or ability, whatever it is, came from God. Every individual is different. Some people are, are very gifted with their hands. Some people have no practical application, it seems, at all. But they can think and process on a level that leaves the practical individual in awe. Like, how can you think of all that? How can you think through all that? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Everybody's skill or ability is different. It's been given to them by God. This fact that we're created by the Father and the magnificence of the human brain calls for our faith. It demands of us that we have faith in God because of what he's done. You know, beloved, it takes a great amount of faith to believe in evolution to believe that we evolved over billions of years from a tiny amoeba that just happened to be floating in some water. Of course, we don't know where the water came from or where the amoeba came from or where the earth came from that they were floating in, but that's okay. Somehow from that came intelligent design. Well, that's not true. Beloved, the fact of intelligent design is evidence of a designer. Take this photo of a bowl of alphabet soup. Do you know, um, none of you would suppose, it'll be there in a second, he's just, I suppose. you have the photo of alphabet soup? <laughs> he forgot. That's what happens when I send it to him too early. <laughs> if I'd have sent it to him at, at like 9 o'clock today, he would have got it done. It would have been there like 20 minutes ago. But because I sent it to him yesterday morning, he, he forgot. All right, he'll, he'll have it here in a second. Well, I have a, a picture of an alphabet soup. And in, it, in the soup is written the words, help me. Now, how many of you suppose that that fell out of the can that way? Wait, wait, wait. No, how about this? How about it was put into a microwave-safe bowl, they stuck it in the microwave, and forgot about it for a week. And at the end of that week, somehow, those letters just happened to have formed into, help me. <laughs> Maybe they applied some heat. Because, I mean, after all, we need an explosion to get some order, right? So they applied some heat, and left that, they left that microwave running for an hour. Did it, did, it, did it work? I mean, is that? No. The very fact that there is something intelligent demands that there be an intelligent creator. I have, well, I had a picture 
of the uh, opera house, uh, Sydney Opera House. Iconic, beautiful structure. That's, of course, right on the edge of the water there in Sydney, Australia. How many of you suppose that one day people are walking along the bay and then from the water there just happened to creep this little bit of, of like white triangle? People are like, what is that? In about 30 years, they watched this little white triangle just somehow miraculously arise up out of the ocean. And there was the Sydney Opera House. No, that didn't just happen. It demands intelligent design. Beloved, the atheist or the scientist, and I say that loosely, scientist, says that those with faith are just accepting creation without any evidence. That's what they're saying, that we're just accepting that there's God, that there's a creator without any evidence of the fact. But the, but the fact is, is that there is monumental amount of evidence that there is a creator. There is such greater evidence that there's a creator that you have to, you have to purposely be ignorant to deny it. You have to on purpose put your head in the sand and say, I do not believe it in order to deny that there's a creator because nobody in their right mind would say that, oh, that pulpit that we pulled out of the shed all covered with mold just wasn't quite, quite done being formed. If we would have left it there longer, it would have finished making what it is today. No, we had to pull that thing out of the pulpit. Those of you guys that don't know, the original pulpit here is just the middle section. And we pulled it out of the shed down here when we bought this property. The bottom was all rotted out because it had been in the shed and got wet, hadn't been used in many years. And we gave it to a guy uh, up in Mount Zion Baptist Church. And he took it and took some of our flooring, this flooring pieces that we used here. And he added these wings on here and put these pillars in there to make it match everything else. It took design. It took work. It took time. There are just so many gaps in the theory of evolution that must be filled with enormous amount of faith if that's what they want to believe. Well, it would be a whole lot easier just to believe the words of the psalmist. In Psalms 33, 6 through 9, he says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the, the depths of the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. You have a creator. And the fact of who we are and the magnificent design of the human body and the complexity that's found in the human brain demands that somebody with an immense amount of intelligence designed and created that. Therefore, it demands that we be people of faith. Perhaps the most intricate of all creations is the human body. The most complex of all structures is the human body. A single strand of unraveled human DNA is approximately six feet long. But scientists say if you unraveled all the DNA in your body, it would measure 67 billion miles. And that happened by accident. 
all of the complex structures that make up who you are. It's 150,000 trips to the moon and back with the DNA that's in your body. The atheist says they don't believe anything without physical proof. But the fact that they're standing is physical proof that there is a God. Psalms 139, verses 13 through 17 says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when it was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! God designed you, fashioned you, formed you, before you, any part of you was ever made, God knew who and what you would be. Paul begins his address on Mars Hill to them by saying, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth there in Acts. We read that passage in the beginning. He made it all. So our minds, we see, are designed creations. Our minds are under divine control. We have a limited mind, though. As part of God's creation, beloved, we're not in charge. The mind of man was created by God, but it is limited. Even with its astounding capabilities and capacities, we are limited. You know, one piece of brain tissue the size of a grain of sand contains 100,000 neurons. And over 1 billion synapses. The connections from one neuron to the next. In a piece of brain tissue the size of a grain of sand. But with all that magnificence, your brain is limited. It is 72% water. Do you know just 2% dehydration and your cognitive ability fails? Your memory is weakened and your attention span is negligent. With just 2% dehydration, 72% water, just a little bit of dehydration, all of a sudden, you can't even think straight. You can't see straight. You can't remember what happened. I, uh, is it 10 o'clock already? I'm having fun teaching it. Is this fun? Good. So, um, I can't help, but I should not go down this road. But <laughs> you know how sensitive our mind is. You get a little bump on your head, and uh, people will think you're from a loony bin. 
I have a recording on my phone that I would like to play for No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to play it for you, but uh, one day I'll play it for Brother Glover. <laughs> when he fell on the slip and slide and bumped his head and had a concussion, I, I mean, you talk about praying, I was praying. I took him to the hospital and I said, there is something wrong. And he's like, why are we here? What are we doing here? He's like, they ain't going to do nothing for me. I said, I don't care. We aren't leaving until they check you out. <laughs> I want somebody that knows something about the brain to tell me that this is going to get better. Because right now, <laughs> we are all in trouble. <laughs> I, I could really make you laugh. I just took some time to tell you some stories about the time at our hospital. We were in the hospital and the stuff he said and did. None of it none of it was bad, Brother Glover. Yeah, he asked me, he says, when I, when I hit my head, did I say anything I shouldn't have? I said, no, and it's a good thing, because you would have just kept on saying it. <laughs> it's been four hours, and you're still saying the same thing you said when you stood up, so we would be in trouble if it was something bad coming out. Listen, beloved, even though we live in a society that almost demands that we multitask, do you know that the human brain is unable to concentrate or learn two things at one time? You see, beloved, we're not omniscient. God is omniscient. He knows all things. We don't. We can't. We have a limited mind. It is by God's design that our minds are unlimited. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belongeth unto the Lord... The Lord God, but those things which are revealed belongeth unto us and children forever, that we may do all the works of this law. You see, beloved, God has revealed things to us that are for us, and God has set the bounds of our habitations. A verse we began with, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways. We can't necessarily understand or even get a broad picture of all of what God wants to do in and through our lives. And and we don't know the beginning from the end. We can't even concentrate on two things at once. And now everybody in the world has ADD and wants to, you know, explain their problems on the fact that they can't concentrate. Nobody's ever been able to concentrate. It's not a new problem. It's just they found something to call it nowadays. We, we, we always had the inability to concentrate or to focus. And the old adage, you know, or the old thing, squirrel, uh, you know, we're just so distracted by every kind of thing. That's because that's the human brain. We're limited. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. He's given us this, but... The limitless mind of God. Paul reminds the intellectuals there on Mars Hill. He said, God, in, in 1726, Acts 17:26, God has set the bounds of their habitation. Beloved, you know, God is the one that sets the bounds of our habitation. There are some things that maybe are outside the bounds of what God has for us to know. You know, in modern medicine, in the modern world, I think we may be approaching the bounds of our habitation. You, you ponder, think about the moral implications of Neuralink. This, I don't know, how many of you, how many of you know what Neuralink is? It's, oh, wow, three, four of you. Okay, Neuralink is a company designed uh, and started by Elon Musk that they are able to implant a link into the brain of a human and they can give, like, let's say a paraplegic, 
he could use his brain not having no hands and he'll be able to type. He'll be able to access and use a, a cell phone just through thought. They can connect to the brain. They're, they're doing like they, they, they've already connected to the brain of a chimpanzee and he can play video games from his brain, never touching any controller. He can play the games. Um, they, they've done other things and they're very close to being able to do this where they are able to use Neuralink to allow somebody that's a paraplegic to give him a prosthetic arm and then through his brain able to actually function and use the arm like a normal person. Amazing advancements in medical science. To be able to give somebody the ability to walk again that didn't have the ability, those things are, are, are phenomenal. And you say, man, that's great. But what if we take that to one step further where everything goes and that is towards convenience and it becomes a place where no longer do we have to learn or try and remember things because as a child, they can implant the neural link and you are connected to the net from day one and you have complete and total access to everything that Google has. And you don't have to remember it because you can call at a, at a moment's thought, you can call up anything, any fact that you're wanting. So then you have the moral implications like, oh, is that where we're supposed to go? Is that really beyond? I mean, you think about the, the aspect of cloning and what they've done with that. And that's been many, many years they've been playing around with that. You say, wait, that's beyond the bounds of our habitation. There, there are many advancements in medical science that are available today that many years ago, you know, people said, hey, that's beyond the bounds of our habitation. We shouldn't be messing with that. That's the realm of God's, God's responsibility. So there are moral implications that come with these things. But I want you to know that God sets the bounds of men's habitations. There are some things that we're just not supposed to know until we get to heaven. But beloved, just because there's many things that I can't know or I can't explain, my inability to explain it makes it no less true. This is where faith comes in. Where we exercise and believe what God wants us to do. Because of faith. The atheist claims there is no God. But we point to intelligent design and say there has to be a God. The difference, beloved, is one day your faith will be realized and rewarded. But the faith of the atheist and the agnostic will be ruined. I've often said to somebody who said, well, I just don't believe there's a God. And I said, well, let, let's just run this, let's just run, let's, let's just run this course. Let's say you are right and I'm wrong. If we get to the end of our life, and as you said, there's nothing left, it really doesn't matter, we're all just atoms made up and there is no God, we're just going to die and be put in the ground, then the only thing in my life that I've lost is the fact that you think I'm an idiot. I can tell you that I've had a very good life, richly blessed. But let's take the opposite. And let's say for a moment that my faith and belief in God is reality. And your rejection of him is wrong. Then when we get to the end, instead of just being buried in the ground you're going to stand in the presence of an almighty God who's going to judge you for the things done in your body. And you'll spend an eternity in a place called hell 
because you've rejected him. I'm not sure who you would rather be, but I would like you to think about it. You see, one day your faith will be rewarded. One day we will stand in his presence. One day we will see him face to face. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 12 says, For we now see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. One day we're going to know we'll have that perfect knowledge that God wants us to have. Our minds can make deliberate choices. I was thinking I was going to get through this today. I got three minutes. Let's, let's see if we can get through here. We have a choice. You have a choice to reverence, a choice to reverence along with the ability of our mind to receive and process and store information, God has given us the ability to make choices, to make choices about that information. I have here a lighter. Now, how many of you have used these obnoxious things? (laughs) You have that lighter that you, you click, and how many times do you click it before you decide, oh, that's not going to work? I've, I've done it so many times. I mean, oh, forget it. Uh, I'm going to get it, go get a match, you know. Um, you, in your mind, you process. You choose. And the actual uh, process of deduction happens in nanoseconds, for you to determine and evaluate and respond to the feedback. Oh, no, that didn't work. I got to try it again. That didn't work. I got to try it. Oh, Oh, there it is. I mean, how come I didn't try it again? Because in a nanosecond, I realized I had flame. It was present. I made the choice. I made the decision. This is one of the unique and distinct things about the human brain, its ability to deduce and to respond accordingly, to make a choice. Beloved, whether the choices that you make today are mundane or monumental, the fact is, is God has given you the ability to choose. Joshua said, choose this day whom you will serve. All through the pages of scripture, it is implied that we as God's people will make the choice to follow God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek God. The the implication there, beloved, is that you are making the choice to do so. You are deciding whether you're going to follow the world and the flesh and the devil or you're going to follow the creator of the world, the savior of your soul, the keeper of all the universe. You decide what you're going to do. It's a choice that you make. It's a chance to run. Animals are created with an instinctive reflex. They do not necessarily think Through things, they have a reaction, they have a function, they have an instinct that they go from. The human brain, though, beloved, is given the ability to pause between stimuli and response in order that we might make a moral and right choice. Oftentimes, when we make choices that we have not paused to think about, that's when we get in trouble. 
You say, well, I didn't really mean it. I was mad. I was, I, I, you know, I blew up my anger, my temper. I, I just did that without thinking. Yeah, because God has given you the ability to pause and think about what you're doing, and that's what we're supposed to do. But when we remove that and just roll with it, we've all been there. We get in trouble. We make a mess. And I'm going to try next week to, to close this down. I, I, this, this are, these are very important thoughts, and I don't want to just glance over them. So I know, as far as notes, you're basically done, right? But okay, that's supposed to be limitless. Yes. Um, I didn't write the notes. Quite frankly, I, I had a, I, I should have rethought how to put that because it, it doesn't, it is it, but it doesn't fit there. That is the note that goes there. I didn't write it. Uh, so I should have rethought. I think they were trying to alliterate it and, and went too, uh, went too far. Um, you know, that happens sometimes. Not to me, amen, but <laughs> to some people. Yeah, we got to close and, and uh, finish up this morning. But uh, what's on your mind? Think about those verses in Isaiah this week. If you have a chance, maybe work on committing those to memory. Uh, and let's let God use these thoughts uh, in our heart this week uh, about our mind and what's, what we're dwelling upon. Lord, we thank you.